Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. Before we jump into the the topic of holidays, uh, I just wanted to give you an update because I said I would and I forgot. I never did. So I wanted to give you an update on the nutrition assembly that I did a few weeks back. And I just want to say it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I had the best time. It went well. The kids seemed to really like it. Uh, the, the staff said that, you know, the kids were engaged. Um, parents were trying the recipes with their kids. It was everything I was hoping it would be and more. Uh, I did talk to one of the kids that was at the assembly a few weeks later. His older brother plays basketball with my son, and I asked him what he thought of the assembly, and he whispered into his mom's ears that I was weird. I was like, what? Weird? How was I weird? And he said, you smiled the whole time. So listen, if that is the worst criticism I got from the entire assembly was that I smiled too much... I'm going to take it, right? I think that is the best worst criticism ever. So (laughs) like I said, it was a big success. Thank you for all of those that asked about it and that were cheering me on or praying for it. Just thank you because um, it definitely was an experience I'll never forget and one that I get to do six more times. So I'm able now to do assemblies at all the elementary schools in our school district. And I know that each time it's just going to keep getting better. Quick story, though. One of the um, one of the activities that I did was a using whipped cream pies. We had to search for the toy fruits and vegetables inside a whipped cream pie. And I mistakenly called it a pie eating contest. So when I had one of the kids come up to compete, Uh, instead of shoving his face in the pie and looking for the objects that I had hidden, he started licking and trying to eat the entire pie. And I'm like, no, 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 just put your face in there and go after it. And he's like, no, I want to eat my way to the food. So lesson learned, call it something different, first of all, and make sure that the kid isn't eating whipped cream instead of smashing his face into the pie looking for the, the foods. But hey, You don't know until you do it once how it's going to go over and that the kids will take you literally in that I need to eat the whole pie. Plus, you know, when has an adult maybe ever said to a third grader, here, you can just eat a whole entire whipped cream pie. I'm giving you permission. So things you need to know, right? I am not an elementary school teacher, but I am learning that kids will literally take you very literally. Today's episode, we are talking about the holidays. And 
I know that Thanksgiving has already passed, and that is still considered the holiday season, but I feel like with Christmas, it's a little bit different. There are lots of opportunities to maybe overeat or eat different foods that are maybe outside of a, a healthier diet. Um, with Thanksgiving, it's usually just one day. Maybe you have two Thanksgiving meals with a Friendsgiving or maybe on the opposite side of the family. But for the most part, Thanksgiving is a day. Christmas, on the other hand, is several events. You might have your holiday work party. You may have uh, friends get together and other friends get together and family and different family. And till you see everybody you want to see over the holiday season, it's lots of opportunities to eat. So what I want to do today is give you my eight best tips. Um, some of these you have heard before. Some of these are going to be new. Some of these are just really good reminders for the holiday season to stay on track with your health goals, but to do it in a more, well, we'll just say a kinder way. You know, none of the recommendations that I'm going to give are about punishing yourself. None of the recommendations are about restricting yourself or make sure you don't eat this food, choose that over this. Can we just agree that that doesn't work? You know, we need to work from a place of compassion and kindness and grace. And when you arrive there, this nutrition thing get, gets really, really simple. I was listening to a podcast recently, and they were mentioning that the dieting industry is a $70 billion industry, and they are purposely creating a lot of buzz in December about their programs for, you know, the programs that they want you to join in January. All of these ads are shaming they are designed to make you feel bad about your choices, make you feel bad about your body, and are offering the solution. You know, come January 1st, do my program. This is where you're going to see all the results and for the last time. And we desperately want to believe it's true. But when we hear all of these shaming ads, it actually increases our urge to eat and binge now. Again, the dieting industry is a $70 billion industry. You better believe that they are putting all their efforts into campaigns and ads in the month of December. They want to pry on your, on your shame. They want to talk up about the holidays and, and everything that you've done this year and how 2023 will be a time of change and difference. But all of this talk about dieting actually increases your urge to overeat now, which I think is just so fascinating. And we don't even realize it's happening. They're acting like they're being, they're being so helpful and good. And, and look at us. We're going to fix what's wrong with you when really there's nothing wrong with you. It's the way they're marketing the material and how those messages actually make you want to eat more right now. Because, hey, in January, I'm going to do some restrictive diet. I'm going to meet my goal. So I might as well live and enjoy and do all the things now. Because in the future, when I'm miserable, I'm not going to be able to do all those things. So let's do our last hurrah, our last supper, 
and then we'll go and we'll make all the changes. Because remember, there's two versions of yourself. There's future self, and then there's the present day self. Future self is a rock star. Future self is going to kill it. Oh yeah, come January 1st, I'm going to be really disciplined with my diet. And you believe it. You truly believe that you are going to be disciplined and you are going to cut out all the foods and you're not going to eat sugar ever again or desserts or pizza or whatever food that you're telling yourself you're not going to do. And you believe it. You think that is going to actually happen. Except you forget that you are not future self. You're actually present self. And present self has kids and jobs and stress and responsibilities and no time and little sleep. Present day self has to deal with all the real world problems. And we get to January and we're like, why am I not doing all the things? I said I was going to do it. I'm a very driven, educated person. I don't understand what's wrong with me. Again, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You have just been sold a lie and then told it's your fault. And I'm not going to do that for you. I'm not going to do that to you because I care too much about you. I don't want your money. If I wanted your money, I would charge you for this podcast. My goodness, I've been doing this for almost two years now. Or has it been two years? 2020. No, I've been doing this for (laughs) over two years now because I want to help people. And so I will speak truth. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just the culture of the diet industry that has led you astray and has robbed you of some really good years of your life, stressing out and worrying about food and how you look when really you should have been making memories and being the best version of yourself. So the diet industry wants you to be fearful. It wants you to be confused because then you must rely on them for help. But they don't care about you as a person. They don't care about your mental health. And that's where we differ. All right. I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to be confident. But I want you to do it from a place of compassion. That is the difference. All right. Listen, the holidays are not a surprise. It's not like, oh my gosh, the holidays are here. What am I going to do? How am I going to eat? No, the holidays, they come yearly. It's a cycle. And here's the deal. I said this in a Instagram post the other week. If your plan that you follow doesn't work over the holiday season, you're following the wrong plan. You're following the wrong plan. Your diet, the way you eat, your nutrition has to work all the time, period. It can't only work when you're at home and you're able to cook all your meals all the time and never have any stress and are fully, you know, rested all the time and without children or other people in your life. Like your plan has to work over vacation. Your plan has to work over holidays. Your plan has to work when you forget to go to the grocery store. Otherwise, you don't have a plan. You have a wish list. And I don't know about you, but my life is too chaotic to ever fulfill all the things that need to be present in order for me to be successful. 
So I just realized it's not the right plan. If I can't be successful over the holidays, I'm following the wrong plan. Here's the other thing. The holidays are temporary. You don't need to undo anything. You don't need to undo all the food you ate or undo all the wrong you did with more exercise and and stricter plans. You just need to go back to your habits. I just I had a lady in my office the other day and I was telling her that you know, I was kind of going over some of this stuff where we just need to be kinder to ourselves and and ha- do habits that are more sustaining. And she's like, well, you know, that's fine for you to say you don't need to lose weight. You're just in maintenance. But if I'm ever going to be successful, I've got to be more strict. And I'm going to tell you, I disagree with that. When I was trying to be strict, that's when I was gaining weight because the restriction led to binging and overeating. So restriction wasn't the answer. Once I started being kind to myself and you know, listening to my body and feeding it foods that made me feel good, not because I was punishing myself for overeating foods the day before, all of a sudden my weight settled in to a healthier weight. But I did it using a different motivation. I didn't do it because I had to do this. And, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't restrict all the foods and eat a certain way, I was never going to lose weight. I didn't do it that way. I just did it from, I want to feel good. I want to have energy to play with my kids. I want to be a good example for my clients. But I'm not doing it from a, what's the word I want to use? I'm not doing it from a punishing stance. I'm doing it because I want more for myself. I want to be a better example for my kids. I want to, like I said, I want to be an example for my clients. That is how my weight got into check, not because I had to be strict in order to get me there. And now I think differently because I'm in maintenance. No, what gets you there keeps you there. You know, if you're going to talk to yourself unkindly, if you're going to restrict all the food and, and talk to yourself a certain way and, and only eat in certain, eat certain ways in certain situations, you're going to have to keep doing that in maintenance. And I decided that's not what I want maintenance to look like for me. I want to be able to enjoy foods. I want to be able to go to holidays. I don't want to be able, I don't want to stress about things every time I go to a party or every time I go to a situation that I might not be able to handle myself or I'm not going to be able to keep myself in control. I just decided I don't want that anymore. And so I just started listening I started changing some of the ways I thought about things and thought about food and thought about my body. And again, just naturally through little effort, it was a lot easier to be kind than it was to be punishing. It made the experience more enjoyable so much that I wanted to continue it. Not that I felt like I had to and and let's see how long I can hold on before I mess up again. It came from a very different motivator. And so today I want to share with you eight different tips. All right. Eight different tips on how you can get through this holiday season enjoying the season. Not holding your breath and either, 
you know, so scared that you're going to gain a pound or two over the holidays or, you know, just letting go of every habit that you've created up until this point, because what's the point? And you'll start again in January. Let's try to find a middle ground here that actually feels good and authentic. (coughs) Excuse me. So my very first tip is pick another resolution. I don't want weight loss to be your resolution in 2023. I don't pick something different. Pick, you know, volunteering more. Pick spending more one-on-one time with your kids or your husband or a friend. Um, Pick learning a new hobby. Pick, you know, running a marathon or a 5K, depending on where you're at. I don't want you to pick weight loss. Okay, can we just stop picking weight loss as a resolution? Anytime you start making plans, again, here we go again, future self, you know, in January 1st or January 2nd, whatever day, or January 4th, depending on what day, you know, New Year's Day falls on. I don't even know. I should have looked it up before I started talking. But, you know, whatever day Monday falls or the first of the year, can we just not make it about nutrition? Every time you start to think I'm going to have to be restrictive in the future, you automatically set your brain up for overeating in the present. Guess what? If you don't overeat in the present, you don't have to restrict in the future. So I am giving you permission to come up with another resolution because you are more than a weight loss resolution year after year after year. Just stop. Don't do it. I know you're going to want to. You're going to have friends or family members that are going to try to coerce you. Or you're like, yeah, that sounds good. I'd love to do something else. But no buts. Don't do it. If it's going to cause more stress and more problems in the future and going to lead to more weight gain and more mental strife over your diet plan, how about we just don't? And then we don't have the stress. You know, I talk about the dieting bow and arrow. I've talked about it before where, you know, we pick up a bow and we start pulling back on the string. And how we pull back on the string is we start making a whole bunch of different rules like don't eat sugar, don't eat after 8 o'clock, exercise for an hour every day, uh, go to bed at 10 o'clock, don't eat any saturated fat, don't eat any desserts, don't eat pizza. Like you just keep making more and more rules. And every time you make a rule, you're pulling back on the bow. But then after all you've, all the rules that you've made, you're basically locked oh my goodness, locked and loaded in position and then have to hold that position for as long as possible. Right? How long can you hold it? For a day, two days, a week, 30 days? But eventually you are going to get tired of holding that position and you're going to let go. And the further back you have pulled on that bow will be as far as the arrow launches in the opposite direction. So if you've restricted yourself and made up a whole bunch of rules, you will eventually binge a lot more than somebody who only made one rule for themselves. But here's the deal. If you don't want to binge at all or overeat at all, don't pick up the dieting bow. Don't play the game. The arrow can't go forward without some backward launch to begin with. It can't. 
So if you don't want to overeat in the future, you don't want to binge, then don't restrict. If you don't want to struggle with gaining weight over the holiday season, don't make New Year's resolution be about nutrition or dieting. Make it about something that's kind to yourself. Make it about maybe listening to your signals and your cues and learning more about yourself. Maybe your resolution is to learn how different emotions feel in your body. Like get really good and dialing in and knowing what fear feels like and and agitation and frustration and loneliness. Start to get to know yourself. Get to know yourself without reacting, but just sitting in it. That could be a good goal. That's one that's going to pay dividends, not one that's going to be so short-lived and then end up having more repercussions. So the first tip is pick another resolution. The second tip is add, do not subtract. So I have talked about this countless times, but add, do not subtract. Look for opportunities to gain balance with your plate. When you eat a lot of heavy foods, it doesn't feel good in your body. Again, not from a punishing standpoint, it just doesn't feel good. When you can couple some heavier foods with lighter foods, it makes you feel better. It's just a fact. So again, we're doing this from a place of compassion and making yourself feel good because we want what's best for you, not, well, I can't eat all the foods I want and I can only can eat fruits and vegetables in order to be successful. That's not what we're doing. But balance is a good thing. Balance is a good thing in all parts of your life. You know, we talk about work-life balance. We talk about stress. We talk of, you know, balance with our kids. You know, nutrition is no different. Balance is a good thing. So we want to aim for balance as much as possible with our plates as well as throughout the entire day. You know, if you eat a food that's higher in calories for breakfast, going a little bit lighter at lunch or dinner just makes sense. Balance is a good thing. Aim for it as much as possible. If you can't aim for balance in one particular meal because the food just isn't offered, then aim for balance throughout the course of the day. You just do the best you can. Tip number three is step away from the food. All right, so don't sit or stand near the food. The closer you are in proximity to food, the more likely you are to continue eating just because it's there, right? Especially if you are in a social situation. We will simulate whatever action is done in front of us. So if you are talking to somebody and they are picking at food, it is just a matter of time before you start picking at the food as well. But the more distance you can put in between yourself and the food, the better shot you have for not overeating. So maybe a good recommendation is to do the dishes after a meal so that you're not sitting there picking at what's left over. Uh, Maybe you take some kids for a walk or you go outside. Um, You offer to help clean up something else 
in a, in a different room, whatever you can do to put distance in between you and the food, the better you are going to be. More times than not, we just eat because it's there. We're not eating because we're actually hungry for it or it even tastes good. We're just eating because we see it, especially, again, if there's other people there eating. Um, it puts us at a disadvantage. So as much as possible, put distance between you and the food, either after you've consumed something or maybe it's at the beginning. Maybe it's during the appetizer part of the meal. You know, it depends on what you're looking forward to. I know for me, for the holiday meals, I'm looking forward to the meal itself. The appetizers are good, but honestly, I can eat cheese and crackers anytime. They're not special on that day. But if I'm sitting there and cheese and crackers are in front of me, I'll probably just start eating them because it's there and I like them. But then I fill up on cheese and crackers and then I'm not hungry for the food that I really want. But if I haven't had that food in a long time... I'm more likely to overeat. So put some distance in between you and the food. Tip number four, focus on filling up a plate versus grazing. Figure, I want you to think about a plate is more satisfying. There's usually balance. There's a lot of different flavors and textures and consistencies and temperatures, and it leads to a more meaningful experience. When you're grazing, here's the thing about grazing. You're never really hungry when you're grazing, but you're also never really satisfied. So you're in this loop of not being hungry and not being satisfied, but yet you can't seem to stop. I'd much rather you fill up a plate of food, enjoy the food, and then move on versus just picking all night long and not feeling great afterwards. A lot of times we're like, oh, but I'm just going to have a little bit of something. But that little bit of something turns into a lot of things throughout the course of the evening. You're always better off filling up a plate than you are picking. Okay? Number five is be a four-year-old. And when I say be a four-year-old, I mean be slow and be picky. All right? For a lot of us, we're shoveling foods in. We are taking way too little time to enjoy the food. Again, especially for the holidays. When you ask people about their favorite part of the holidays, a lot of people will say the food, but yet they're gobbling it down. Like, I want you to actually taste it. Enjoy the experience. You know, but I also want you to ask yourself, does this food still taste good in my mouth? And does it feel good in my stomach? Because if you're getting to the point where neither is true, maybe you're at the end of your eating experience. But in order to pay attention, you have to slow down. You have to. It doesn't work any other way. It takes 20 minutes for that signal to go from your stomach to your brain to tell you you're full. So if you are inhaling your food, you're not going to be able to, to hone in on that that, um, oh my goodness, my word choices today. Uh, you're not going to be able to identify that, that, um, feedback from your body. All right. That cue, that is the word I was looking for, that cue. All right. So 
I want you to be picky. I don't want you grabbing mediocre foods just because it's there. I want you putting foods on your plate that you're really excited about. Right? Like when you survey the table, because, you know, that's always a tip. Look around first. See what's there. I want you to think about what is my, that's it. That has to be on my plate. That is what I'm excited about. And then go ahead and put it on your plate. But for all the other stuff that doesn't give you that great excitement, maybe it doesn't go on your plate. If it's just mediocre, maybe we pass. And we focus on putting the stuff that really brings us joy and excitement. But if we do that, we also pay attention to how does it taste in my mouth and how does it feel in my body. You can enjoy it for as long as you can answer that it feels good in my mouth and it feels good in my body. If at any point it stops tasting good, then you just stop. But a lot of us are going to be fearful. Well, what if it stops tasting good, but I'm not done eating it yet? Like this is the only time I'm ever going to have this food once a year. And so I want to have it for as long as possible. And to that, I'm going to say we have to stop working from a place of scarcity and start moving to a place of abundance. Like if you really like that food, eat it again tomorrow. Heck, eat it again an hour from now. If you really like it, get the recipe and make it next week. But it's time we start listening to our body and not only listening, but actually doing what it says. Your body knows so much better than your head. And the only reason why your body knows better than your head is because you have lived in diet culture too long and it has brainwashed you. But you have the tools inside of you to make the best decision. So I need you to believe in that. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You can do this. All right. So be a four-year-old. Don't pick mediocre foods and slow down your pace so you can actually do things that make you feel good. And when you do things that make you feel good, it makes your brain feel good because then you can be proud of yourself and you can be confident and it can give you the confidence you need to do it again in the future because, hey, look, I've done this once. Now I have experience. I think I can do this again. Tip number six is learn to move on. All right, listen, you overate at a meal. Big deal. You do not have to punish yourself or restrict yourself the next day. You don't. Not one bit. This goes back to what we talked about in the beginning, right? The diet industry wants you to be scared. And it wants you to feel like you have to do this big grandiose thing to undo your mistake the day before. And that's just not true. You don't have to undo anything. You just have to go back to your habits. That's it. Don't turn this into a dramatic event. Drama plays into our emotions and emotions can lead us into emotional eating. So refuse to play the game. Tip number seven 
is be mindful of alcohol. So the holidays usually bring more opportunities for alcohol. So I just want you to make a decision ahead of time what feels good to you. You know, the holidays can be a time of celebration, of being with people you like. The holidays can also be a stressful time for others dealing with family members that may be difficult. And you may believe that alcohol is the only way to get through those difficult situations, but um, I'd rather you don't (laughs) if I could make, if you ask me my opinion. What I do want you to pay attention to, though, is how much do you need to drink to have a good time, but also honor your goals? And I can't make that decision for you. Only you can make that decision. But at what point, how many beverages do you consume and it starts to get hard to control your your food choices? How many beverages do you drink and it starts to impact how you feel about yourself or how you hold yourself or can control yourself in, in all ways, not just food? Figure out what feels good to you ahead of time and stick with that. Don't make the decision to figure it out as you go because chances are you're not going to make your best decision. In fact, I'll give you nine out of 10, (laughs) you won't make your best decision. Because remember, our toddler brain takes over in the moment and that's when we start answering questions through the lens of pain avoidance and immediate gratification. If you want to do well, you have to use the adult part of your brain and create a plan ahead of time. So I just want you to think, what does that look like for you? That is a personal answer. And if you are going to drink at a party, just alternate with water. I just want you double fisting it the whole night. Whatever your beverage is, I need you drinking water as well, especially in between each drink. Drink 16 to 20 ounces. Let that be your goal. And it will keep you more hydrated. It will decrease your risk of a a hangover the next day. But... It'll also keep you in check. It's hard to drink like eight drinks if you're drinking 20 ounces of water in between. You'll be spending a lot of time in the bathroom, but you'll thank me the next day. All right. The last tip, tip number eight, is habits are scalable. And we've talked about this before. But specifically, I want to talk about the habit of exercise. All right. Over the holiday season, we have a lot of um, expectations of what we think it should look like. And then we get busy. And then we have additional parties or we are at the office late because we have to finish year-end goals. Right. So usually exercise is the first thing to go when we get busy, especially if you think that exercise feels like a selfish activity. You know, you should be doing things for others. You should be shopping. You should be, you know, getting ready for a party. And so the very first thing to go is exercise because who has time for that? That's just something I'm doing for myself. It doesn't need to be done. And so in this case, I just want you to think habits are scalable. If you're normally doing a half hour, maybe you do 10 minutes. I'd rather you stay in the habit of exercise than give it up completely because restarting a habit again is hard. It's not 
impossible. It's just hard. People tell me all the time, oh, I wish I wouldn't have stopped. It was, I was doing so well and then I had to stop for this reason and now I can't get back into it again. So remember, habits are scalable. Just because you can't do what you normally do doesn't mean then the answer is nothing. If all you can handle is five minutes every day, great. Fantastic. Awesome. High five. If all you can handle is two workouts a week right now instead of your normal three or four, great. Fantastic. All I want you to focus on is how can I scale back? Not how can I stop? How can I scale back? And you're like, yeah, but what is five minutes going to do? I'm not going to lose weight with five minutes. No, you're not. You're absolutely right. You're not going to lose weight with five minutes a day. But what you are going to do is keep your head in the game. So that way, when you're able to go back to your 30 minutes or whatever you do, you're already in the routine and it's not as hard of an obstacle to scale. You're already in it. So look at your week, look at your calendar, start to scale back now if you need to, right? If you notice that, you know, I've got a lot going on this week, figure out how you're going to scale back on your activity, but not quit, not give up altogether. Again, I want to set you up for success for the remainder part of the year, as well as the next. And all of these ways show kindness and compassion and grace. And I promise you, it is the way to get to your goals. All right, guys, let me get you your uh, recipe. This I actually saw on Instagram and it looks delicious. I'm so excited to try it. It's a salad recipe and it's real simple. So for this recipe, you're going to need some arugula. Alternatively, you could use a spring mix. Um, you're going to slice up cucumbers and bell peppers, avocado, and then after that, you're going to put some shaved Parmesan and some steak, and then you're going to squeeze half a lemon, the juice of half a lemon, a drizzle of balsamic vinegar, and then add a little bit of salt and pepper, and that's it. It is so simple, but I just love the combination of all these foods, and um I have it written down. We're going to try it for dinner very soon. And um, I'd love for you to make it and tell me what you think as well. All right, guys, that is our episode for today. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and I'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.